Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome to The Shit Show. Say something funny for Ruby to put at the start. Something funny for Ruby to put at the start. <laughs> Kia ora everybody and welcome back to the shit show. Squish, how are you? I'm good, Lucy. It's taken me a wee while to, to get over the weekend's hangover, but I'm here. Well, that's what I was actually about to ask you about. Me and Nick haven't caught up. We've just turned the mics on, ready to get into the podcast, and I was meaning to ask him about his stag do. Not his stag do, a stag do that he went to in the weekend. How was it? It was fun. It was fun. It's always really nice to catch up with all the old friends and they had some really nice things to say about the podcast, which was even better. Did they? Yeah, yeah. Um, Charlie and Nick both sat me down and had a nice wee talk about it. So that was really wholesome and really nice. Oh, so Nick, you had a big night. You had a big stag do. And then we wake up on one of these days to the news of a new COVID variant, which is what today's podcast is going to be all about. Because we want to make sense of this bad boy as much as you guys do. But first of all, Nick, what is the weirdest thing you saw on the internet this week? The weirdest thing I saw on the internet this week was a Twitter video of Matthew McConaughey saying he's not running for Texas governor. Say what? <laughs> <laughs> Did that sound like him or not? <laughs> oh my god, that sounded like Herbert the pervert of Family Guy. Queer? Queer? No, <laughs> no, Ruby, actually delete that. No, Ruby, you got to leave that in. Um, so, yeah, in a Twitter video, Matthew McConaughey announced that he isn't running for governor, but apparently he certainly hasn't ruled it out. As a simple kid from a little town in Texas, it never occurred to me that I would be one day considered for political leadership and that it is a humbling and inspiring path to ponder. But I didn't even know that people thought he was running for governor. I did know that people thought he was running and... Honestly, you couldn't surprise me these days with a celebrity running for office. It's the stupidest thing in the world, but does not surprise me. Out of all the people, though, he seems all right, and he'd certainly be better than Greg Abbott. Oh, hell yeah. Hell yeah. But I still think celebrities plus politics equals random. (laughs) Random? Um, Speaking of celebrities... Mr. Beasts. <laughs> Speaking of beasts, uh, politicians. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of misters. Um, <laughs> Your segues, I love it. Every week they get closer and closer to being a Lucy Blackiston segue, but at the moment they're still squish. <laughs> and that means good for people that didn't know. Squish equals good. Yes. People that didn't listen to last week's episode where I talked about your nickname will be like, what the fuck? Anyway, Nick, continue your segue to what you want me to talk about. Oh, well, Lucy, you've interrupted me, so now I don't even know where I got up to. Um, but uh, Mr. Beast's Squid Game video came out. 
Yes, so we did talk about this a few weeks back on the pod, about how Mr. Beast was making a real-life squid game. And make a real-life squid game? He did, because on Wednesday, Mr. Beast, the big YouTuber, released a 25-minute video that was basically recreating set-for-set, game-for-game squid game. And this was actually really interesting because it had so much hype around it because it cost like over $3.5 million to make. And then he was already like known for doing these big elaborate things. And so people were waiting for it. And then it came out and it did not disappoint in terms of viewership. So it got over 123 million views in under seven days. And I was one of those views. Nick, did you watch it? No, I haven't even seen it yet. You haven't watched it? It's 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 weird. It's the weirdest thing I've seen on the internet in a while, but it is just a copy paste of Squid Game. Now, it is coming under fire a little bit, which is something that I stupidly hadn't thought about, but now like obviously this is coming under fire, is that the original Netflix series took 10 years to make. And as of October 11th, it had 111 million views. Mr. Beast's Squid Game took like over a month or just over a month or maybe two months to make. And it, in under seven days, has got 123 million views. So it's been watched more times and is essentially a, a spoiler of the show. It's a copy and paste of the show. And I saw so many people tweeting that, like, so the premise of the creator economy is that you spend 10 years of your life making something so that someone else can quickly parody it and get more views. And I thought that was actually a really, like, hit the nail on the head tweet. It makes sense that so many more people are watching the 25-minute version of Mm. the six-part series and the full six-part series thing. But it took this guy 10 years to make and develop the ideas and film the series and get the funding and all that stuff. Yeah. Mr. Beast already had the idea and all the sets and all that stuff already figured out for him. Exactly. He just had to secure the funding and he knew that he'd be able to make it back with the views. And, yeah, I don't know. It also is, like, kind of ironic that Squid Game is all about, like capitalism and sort of like how some people get it easier and some people have it harder and there's like a probably a bigger a bigger picture thing we could be talking about in terms of it's ironic that um the creator economy and the world we live in and mr beast's video is the one that does well also well, i mean like, squid game did well too squid game did do well but also he got paid a lump sum at the start despite how well it did like he didn't get given more because it did well until Netflix was like, oh, you've actually been our most watched thing ever. Let's give you a bonus. So like he still said that he didn't get paid that much, even though he had like the highest like streamed show on Netflix. So he did well, but I don't know. Mr. Beast Loki doing better. It's an interesting wee case study we have here, isn't it? Yeah, it's an interesting case study in um how quick the how quick like we can take something and regurgitate it and do better with it, even though it wasn't our original idea. Kind of like we do on the shit show when we just read news articles and regurgitate them in shorter bite-sized bits. So we're not exempt. I'm not on any high horse. It's a good video though, right? Good, good video, but Squid Game is much better. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Right, Nick. Let's get into our main event, Omicron. 
or Omicron. What do you call it? People say that it can be pronounced either way. Since it's like a Greek letter of the alphabet, people have been arguing about this for like a really, really, really long time about is it Omicron or Omicron or whatever. So I think it's acceptable to say Omicron or Omicron. Oh my cron. That was such a good analysis of the word. And bitch, I didn't even have that written down. (laughs) (laughs) No, that was great. Okay, well, we'll be going in between, but we have... We have a new version, just like Taylor has released a new version. COVID-19 has also released a new version for us to sink our teeth into. That's probably not a good way to put it because we would catch it if we sunk our teeth into it. Nick, can you please give me a wee overview of Omicron? Just a wee one, of course I can. Um, So Omicron... Uh, by now you will have heard or seen that name floating around the internet and it's basically the latest named variant of the COVID-19 virus that we all know and love. So there are thousands of variants of COVID. They mutate all the time, but this is the latest one that the WHO uh, deems important enough to give a name to. So, so far we have had the Alpha, which is the OG, uh, Beta, Gamma and Delta, which is at the moment the most widespread, and now Omicron. And not only have they given it a name, but they've also labelled it as a variant of concern, haven't they? Yeah, no, that's exactly right. So why have they called it Omicron? Well, it's the next letter in the Greek alphabet after Alpha, Beta and so on. For those of you that know the Greek alphabet well, you'll be yelling at your phone saying, Nick, Nick, what about Xi and Nu? Well, they couldn't use Nu because calling it the new variant would confuse everyone, obviously. And they couldn't call it Xi because Xi is a very common last name. Yeah, because Nick, I was wondering, or I was seeing a lot of commentary about like, what are they going to name it? What are they going to name it? And then, and then they came out with Omicron, and I was like, well, you've skipped a few, but okay, I see, I see why. Now, before you mentioned, so we have this new variant. You also mentioned mutation. What? What do you mean by mutation? So some of you will remember this from like high school biology, but for people that don't. And for people that haven't gone through high school biology yet, as a virus exists and replicates inside of its host, i.e. like us, it is basically copying itself over and over and over and over again. Sometimes there are errors in this process, and these are what we call mutations. So sometimes these errors create virus cells that aren't good for it, and other times it's beneficial for the virus. And this is what's dangerous for us because we don't know what effect these new mutations will have on us. Oh, okay. So sometimes when it's copying copying and pasting and it makes a mutation, the mutation like fucks the virus and then the virus goes away. But sometimes it makes a mutation and the virus gets worse or more spreadable or things like that. Yeah. So the, the, the mutations can have any sort of effect on the virus. Like it could just have no effect or it could destroy the virus or it could make it really, really bad. So, so far, I know we don't know a lot about this new this new variant, but is it more dangerous than Delta? Well, yeah, no, you sort of alluded to that, but yeah, really at this stage it's too early to tell. Although Dr. Angelique Quitsi, a South African doctor who helped discover Omicron, told BBC that so far patients she's seen with the, with the variant have extremely mild cases of COVID-19. So that's a pretty good sign, but this virus also has the same mutations as Delta that make it extremely transmissible, so that's not as good of a sign. 
The answer to is it more dangerous than Delta will be answered in the coming weeks as scientists learn a bit more about the virus and what the vaccine's impact are on this new variant. Mm, I, I will say it's really important to note here that it was first detected in South Africa or Southern Africa, but we don't know if it actually originated here. And... um. I've been seeing a lot of people, especially online, being like, this one emerged from South Africa or Southern Africa. Like, this is where it was created or this is where, like, it, this is where it came from. But scientists in South Africa actually sequenced the variant, which means they looked at the, like, genetic makeup of the variant. Um, and, and they saw something that made them nervous. And so really, really quickly, they passed that on and were like, this doesn't look good. People have been kind of coming for South Africa or, or Southern Africa as well for being the place where it did originally, where it did allegedly originate. But it's like, it's kind of thanks to those scientists that like they spotted it, detected it and like sent it out to the people that needed to know. Yeah. So. That's a, that's a really good point. And South Africa have some of the most advanced uh, virus scientists in the world. But obviously, Southern Africa have been hit by like the, the AIDS epidemic, HIV, and things like that. So they've got a lot of existing technology that helps them identify new variants of viruses. So it's almost kind of lucky that the South Africans came across this variant and were able to recognize it so quickly. Yeah, and, and later on in our chat, I will get to that South Africa has now been facing a lot of travel bans in Southern Africa and how that could deter people from coming forward with new variants and being the first country to do so because then like economically they get hit really bad with all these bans and so they're not going to want to be the ones to step up and like announce it. But I will get to that in a bit. Yeah, so listen, you mentioned earlier that the WHO have named this a variant of concern. Um, what does that mean? So the reason that this new variant has become a variant of concern is because it has over 50 mutations and lots of these are in parts of the virus that are really, really important. So more than 30 mutations are on the spike protein, which is probably the most important part of the virus because that's the bit that the vaccine works against. So of those 30 26 are unique mutations, meaning mutations that we've never actually seen before. To put this in context, Delta had only 10 unique mutations. So it had 10 sort of things that we hadn't seen before. Um, This just in the spike protein, which is that really, really important part of the virus, there are 26 unique mutations. Now, the thing that scientists usually look for in a brand new variant is, is it more contagious Will it cause people to get sicker and will vaccines work against it? The mutations that they're seeing in this new variant are making them worry about all three. And this is the first time that they've seen a variant that um, makes them worry or need to know more about all three things that they could possibly be, you know, looking into. And kind of going on from that, I know the thing that most people are worried about of those three things I just mentioned is actually, will the vaccines that we've all been getting right now still work? Do you know anything about that? Well, yeah, again, we won't know for sure the true impact of the mutations on this variant for a few weeks. But scientists are pretty confident that the vaccines as they are will still be effective in stopping people from getting really, really sick and dying. But it may be easier to catch this new variant. So it's hard to say for sure. Dr. Jesse Bloom, an evolutionary biologist, said 
based on a lots of work people have done on other variants and other mutations, we can be pretty confident that these mutations are going to cause an appreciable drop in antibody neutralization, which essentially means that the vaccines will be less effective in protecting you from catching the virus. And this all relates to those really important spike protein mutations that you were talking about earlier. Um, but the good news is that RNA vaccines are really easy to adapt to new variants. So we may have a new version of the vaccine sooner than you would have thought and in a much shorter time frame than creating a new vaccine straight from scratch. Oh, I didn't know that because I was thinking about it today and I was like, Oh my goodness, is the world just going to keep getting new variants that we have to go back to the drawing board and start, like these amazing scientists, like start from scratch again? But that's that's a really good point you've just made. Yeah, RNA vaccines are a really new technology and, and it's something that virologists all over the world are really excited about, is essentially for this use case, being able to adapt to new variants as we come across them. Groundbreaking. And, and just on vaccines, across Africa... We know that very few people in this continent are vaccinated. And scientists have been saying for months that the more people we leave unvaccinated, the higher the chances are that we're going to see dangerous new variants like this. In Africa, as you mentioned before, Nick, there are so many people with weak immune systems and immunocompromised people. And the way that these mutations and new variants can occur most efficiently, which is like not my favorite way to put that, but it's the way that they can, you know, copy and paste the quickest and mutate the quickest is within people with really weak immune systems. So the way that this works is that someone has a weak immune system and then the virus will just continue to replicate and multiply within them for a long time. So it's like giving the virus just this area to experiment with all these new mutations. Omicron, which we mentioned has 50 mutations, has likely had a lot of time in one person. And this isn't limited to continents like Africa. This can happen in immunocompromised people anywhere in the world. The difference is the vaccine inequality that we're seeing between Africa especially and the rest of the world. We've Honestly, we've literally had scientists warning about this for months. Like, it's one thing to leave people unvaccinated in these parts of the world for their safety, like, because they will get the virus and they will get sick and we shouldn't be just letting people get sick. But it's also another thing, like, the the less people we have vaccinated, the more likely it is that more variants are just going to keep occurring. So, honestly, we need to step up the vaccination rates in these countries that, you know, haven't had the funds to go and buy them from the manufacturers from scratch. And, like, we also need to tell people that are anti-vax that, like, their little freedoms are going to be, like, less and less and less if they don't get vaxxed and we keep getting new variants on new variants. Like, do you know what I mean? Exactly. It's kind of it's it's kind of like the perfect storm of a negative feedback loop. You know, like, a whole massive unvaccinated people that catch the virus the virus mutates it becomes more transmissible more of these unvaccinated people catch it the virus mutates and so on and so on so it is really important that we get the vaccines to these countries and to these unvaccinated people and get them vaccinated because it 
will stop things like this happening. Yeah, it not only stops them from getting sick, it's like if you are, the world is inherently quite greedy and quite selfish and if it's not enough for us to think, right, let's stop these people from getting sick, maybe it's enough if people start realising that the more people that are vaccinated, especially those with weak immune systems, the less likely it is that we're going to see all these new variants and this is going to be our reality forever. Exactly. Now, Lucy, you mentioned a little bit earlier about travel bans and like the discriminatory nature of these. Could you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, so essentially countries, like their first sort of reaction to hearing about a new variant particularly is to implement a travel ban sort of straight away. And a bunch of countries, upon hearing about this new variant, have done that, like the US, the UK, Hong Kong, Canada, New Zealand, a lot of countries. And and you can see why this is an impulse decision. You think it's going to stop or at least kind of significantly delay the spread. It kind of, it feels like it makes sense at first glance, but the new variant is actually already in 15 countries and it's likely in more. Like, let's be honest, it is likely in other countries too. And public health experts have actually said that travel bans, while they might while they might like slightly, slightly delay the spread of the new variant, they actually really, really don't do anything in stopping it. Even though this new variant has been reported in a bunch of other countries in Europe, in Asia, and in North America, travel bans are just largely being imposed on southern African countries. South Africa in particular, who are doing the really, really good research and providing so much to scientists around the world. Like, scientists are asking them for, like, help when it comes to dealing with this new variant. They, they Right now, they feel like they're being punished for it because they're taking a huge economic hit. You take such a huge hit when nothing and no one can come in or out of the country. And and like a bigger a bigger issue here than just like the initial economic hit is that experts are kind of worried that this, like this quick jump to putting a travel ban on the first country to announce that they have detected a virus could lead to much less scientific transparency because other countries could be like, oh well, we found this new kind of worrying variant but we can't handle the economic fallout of a travel ban being thrown on us by all these countries so we'll just wait for another country to you know speak up about it and then and then we won't be the first one and so we won't get punished do you know what i'm saying yeah i know exactly what you mean there and it's it is just really interesting to look into it and see the um the experts who we should be listening to the public health experts saying that travel bans while they feel like the gut reaction um especially when you're only like leaving them against the southern african countries and not all the countries that have the variant it's just it's quite interesting to look at and to think about yeah no Lois, you make some really good points there so obviously we don't know a hundred percent of what's going on with this new omicron variant at this time um but of course we will keep you updated on on new developments as we as we get them um you'll hear about them obviously here in this podcast and on the shit show Instagram and on shit you should care about. You certainly will. I I think the main like thing that I would like everyone to take away from this is like mask up, social distance, get your vaccine if not for you, for others, and also go and watch Vox's video on why um 
why rich countries are making the pandemic last longer by buying up all the vaccines, and um, you will understand what I'm talking about a little bit more. Okay, let's go. Right, Luce, you've got some good news for us about Rihanna. I do. Now, Rihanna has always been the hero of my nation, but now as Barbados becomes a republic, which is actually quite interesting in itself, so they are getting rid of the queen and becoming an independent republic, but Rihanna has been formally declared a national hero of Barbados. So she was obviously born there, and they love her. She loves her home. She was honoured among 10 others, and just like... Honestly, I couldn't put it any better than the country's Prime Minister, Mia Motley, who said, may you continue to shine like a diamond. Isn't that great? Barbados is a republic now, so I didn't know that. Didn't you? Buzzy, eh? Yeah, very, well, very cool. I don't know. It depends if you like the Queen or not. Kind of cool. I mean, they've got a new Queen, and her name is Rihanna, and she shines bright like a diamond. Nick, do you have a comment of the week for me? I do. Just keeping things totally on brand. On your post about the Omicron variant, um, and the comment was, babe, wake up, a new COVID variant just dropped. <laughs> <laughs> Lucy, that is your fake laugh. <laughs> oh, I actually did like that, though. <laughs> That's like you saying soy. Soy. Even though my laugh might have sounded fake, I'm into that comment. Mine is also, I've already referred to it once and used a similar thing as the title of one of my newsletters, but my comment was also on the post about the new variant, and it was Taylor Swift, and then the handshaking emoji, Omicron, and then down below, both putting out new versions. Oh, going back to our roots of describing memes over the podcast. Oh. Nick, I know. Also, really funny in the newsletter today, there was a thing, and it's about this like toxic waste that's in the um in the ocean, and it's called they're called nurdles. No, nurdles. They're called nurdles, and in in brackets, I put this is the way I say nurdles when I'm in a goofy mood. Noodles. This is the way I say noodles when I'm in a goofy. So okay. That was a really bad explanation. Yeah, okay, oh, so this no. cool thing, oh, yeah, it's toxic waste in the ocean. <laughs> oh, no. And also, I say noodles as noodles sometimes. What the hell? That was not good. I thought I was funny. I was not funny. Now, everyone, my last wish for you after going and getting your vaccine is going, and if you listen to Culture Vulture, filling out our survey that we have about Culture Vulture, which is our pop culture podcast. It really helps us um, to keep the partnership with the neon going that we need to be able to keep making it. But from us here at The Shit Show, Nick, where can they find you? They can find me on the tools over at The Shit Show Instagram, Shit Show in the uh, search bar, and you'll probably find us. And let's be honest, if you're not following us by now, then... I know. I've asked. I've, yeah, I've asked you like random. seven times. So how many more times do I have to ask you? Come on, it's a good. It's a good page. It's a good page. It's a pretty good page. Not as good as the page shit you should care about. Also, Nick, actually, our comment of the week should have been um, on one of our posts of oh, the shit yeah. show. Don't you run this account too? <laughs> People think that I still run both. We never really got to the bottom of that, but no, commenter, if you had listened to any of the podcasts, you would know. I do it now. <laughs> and he's not mad about it. If you want to find me, please do so at the other end of the morning newsletter, link in bio. And also you can find the link to that survey that I just mentioned in the show notes below. See you next week. Bye.
secret to summer-ready skin is here. Osea's number one best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil, clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity and transform dry skin to silky, soft, and unbelievably glowing. Its signature scent of freshly squeezed grapefruit, cypress, and mango mandarin transports you to sun-kissed summer days. Get healthy, glowing skin for summer with clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com.